Thank you for tuning in to Eastridge today. Your support and prayer helps us share the message of Jesus Christ with people from Seattle to the ends of the world. As we enter a new year, there are several exciting events coming up at Eastridge Church, each designed to help you build your life and family. We would love to invite you to join us in person or online, as well as right here on the radio each week. Join us for Revive, a week of prayer and fasting, January 9th to the 13th. Every year, this is a week we set aside to open our hearts to what God is speaking and focus on drawing closer to the Lord through prayer and fasting. There'll be daily meetings at 6 a.m., noon, and 7 at both our Issaquah and West Seattle campuses and online at eastridgetoday.com. These meetings will include individual and corporate prayer times as well as a time of worship during the evening services. Join us for Revive January 9th through the 13th and see what God will do in your life. Starting January 18th, we'll offer Financial Peace University. This nine-session course teaches practical and biblical principles for managing your finances. Topics range from saving for emergencies, paying off debt quickly, spending wisely, and investing for the future. Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University's creator, has taught these common-sense biblical money principles for more than 25 years and has helped countless people achieve financial stability and peace. Learn more at eastridgetodayradio.com. Whether you're just beginning your faith journey or have followed Christ for years, the Alpha Course is an incredible foundational Bible study that unpacks the Christian faith in an easy and fun way. Join us starting January 18th and 19th at our Issaquah and West Seattle campuses for this interactive study with dedicated time to build relationships and time to discuss and ask questions about each topic. Learn more about Alpha Financial Peace University, the Revive Week of Prayer and Fasting, and Eastridge Church at eastridgetodayradio.com. Thanks again for your continued support, and tune in for a very special Christmas message by Pastor Steve Jamison. Welcome, everybody. We want to just invite you today to open your hearts to the fullness of this great message on the fourth week of Advent as we celebrate 
the message of God's amazing love for us. And today our story really begins with his expression and his call upon a young woman. Her name is Mary. Mary was a young woman in the Jewish culture who had fallen in love with a young man named Joseph, and they were pledged to be married to each other. And they had their dreams and their aspirations and probably their own plans laid out in front of them. But God had a different plan. And the Bible teaches us in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 1, that on the sixth month, in the sixth month, the angel sent, excuse me, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting might this be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you will give birth to a child, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me even as you have said. And the Bible says, then the angel left her. Even though the angel left, there was still this place, as you can imagine, of any young woman facing being drawn in to God's redemptive plan, to God's prophetic purpose, something that she could have never imagined, she could never dream. And you could just think about the uncertainties that were in her, even though she had had a supernatural encounter with the angel Gabriel. But God is so good. He prompted her to go to one of her relatives, to Elizabeth's house. And she had no idea that God was doing another miracle in Elizabeth's life. And yet as they came together and Mary walked into that house, the Bible talks about how Elizabeth, with the baby inside of her, the baby began to leap with joy just with Mary entering the room. And there was such a confirmation and such a place of incredible joy as they both shared their stories and recognized that they were in the midst of something supernatural that God was doing in their lives. And yet later, as Mary would return home. It would actually create a crisis in the life of Joseph, this young man. And I imagine in Mary's life as well, because all of a sudden she came into this situation and Joseph's life was basically turned upside down. There was no way that he could overlook what was right in front of him and the sensations that it brought into his life because Mary was taking on that distinct form of a young pregnant girl. And Mary and Joseph had pledged themselves to be married and to have this relationship. And Joseph knew that there had not been any physical relationship between them. And so what was before his eyes could only mean one thing. And that is that this girl that he had pledged his life to had been unfaithful to him and had a different plan actually happening 
in her life. That's what it looked like to Joseph. And yet Joseph's love was so deep for Mary. Even though his heart was crushed, his dreams were destroyed. That love still stood where he was ready to release her, to go on to the life that she apparently had chosen. And he he decided to do it not in a public disgrace, but to even protect her and do all that he could to shield her from what was going on in her life. We find this recorded in Matthew chapter one. Listen to these words of the scripture, verse 18 and following. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he had no union with her until there was a son. So the Bible describes Joseph having this encounter with the angel in a dream and the presence of God and and the glory of the Lord shining down upon Joseph. And Joseph knew in his life and in his heart that God was indeed at work. And as time went on, they came close to the time of the very birth of Jesus. And the Bible describes to us a, a divine appointment, something that they would not have imagined or they could not have predicted as they were getting close to the delivery. In Luke chapter two, we find the message of the Roman Caesar issuing a decree that would force them to get up from where they were in Nazareth and journey all the way to Bethlehem. Listen to these words of Luke chapter two. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. It's interesting. These words are easier to read than they are to live out. The Bible would tell us about this journey forced upon them by the Roman leader, basically for the sake of a census that would allow them to bring taxation and even a draft into that region of the world. And here it is, a young couple with her nearly ready to give birth, forced to travel some 90 miles. Scholars believe that it probably took somewhere between seven, maybe 10, maybe even 11 or 12 days for them to make this journey. And things didn't even get better when they arrived in the little town of Bethlehem because so many other pilgrims were there as well, coming to the town of their lineage. 
Mary and Joseph arrived on the scene and they began to go through the community looking for a place that would be appropriate for them to be able to see the birth of the Christ come forth. And yet as they went through the little community, they found place after place already filled. They went to an inn, had an encounter with an innkeeper. Can you imagine that conversation? Please, we're just about ready to have a child. We've come all the way from Nazareth and the hour is right here. Can you help us? And I believe the innkeeper probably had a lot of compassion and yet there was really nothing he could do. And yet in the moment he thought to himself, there is one thing I can offer you. We have a manger, we have a stable. It might be a little warmer there with some of the straw and the hay and, and even the animals. Many scholars believe it was a simple cave and Mary and Joseph took their way to that manger to prepare for the coming of the birth of Jesus. And the Bible teaches us that out in the fields nearby, there were shepherds taking care of their flocks at night. And basically God was gonna bring an announcement for all mankind, bring an announcement of the glory of the birth of his son, fulfilling every prophecy of the coming Messiah. Talk about joy to the world. This was the greatest message that could ever come. And there in the humility of just simple shepherds, listen to these words. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you you will, find a baby ripped, uh, 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 you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. And today, we get to rejoice because of this great message, the fourth week of Advent, the love of God. And we look at this story today, and we've reviewed some of these incredible moments found in the scripture, like in, in uh, Matthew chapter one, where it talks about the brokenhearted young man named Joseph. And yet even though in his own heart, his own mind, his own perspective, he was surrounded with betrayal and hurt and broken dreams. And yet there was a message of love that permeated that moment. Even though he felt that Mary had chosen a different way for her life and her future, he was able in his own heart and mind to still honor her and to love her and to say, I'm just gonna quietly step out of the way and let her go on. I'm not gonna bring her to a place of public disgrace. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it teaches us about love. Love is patient, love is kind. It talks about how it keeps no record of wrongs and it always trusts, it always per perseveres. It's amazing the things that love is wrapped in. And we found that God had a better plan than what Joseph even imagined. But he was willing to walk out a love and a respect for this girl, even though in his heart and mind, he'd been shattered by his perception of her actions. It's also interesting in the book of Luke, Luke chapter one, the message about Mary. Here is this young girl at the place of her dreams about ready to take off. 
In her heart and life, she is pledged to Joseph. She has committed her life. She is ready to begin this incredible adventure of being married and building a family with this young man. And yet the Lord comes in a way that hasn't come to any young woman before and, no, and it hasn't come after and it never will. She was the one out of all of humanity that was called and separated where the angel was saying, God has a plan for you. God has chosen to use your life in a way that is beyond what you could ever hope or you could ever imagine. And in that moment, she had to love the Lord to such a degree that she would allow the Lord to interrupt her life, to to bring change. In other words, what she did out of love for God, she yielded her life and surrendered and said, God, I am your servant. May it come to me even as it has been said. What an amazing message for us, isn't it? Between Joseph's life of loving even through pain and disappointment, Mary's life saying yes to God with faith and expectation, even though it wasn't something that she could have ever imagined or seen coming in her life. Many of us in this room right now, we're in some of these same places, being challenged to love through our pain or love through disappointment, to believe what love can really be and even to serve God at a higher level and to say, God, my life is yours. Use me, God, stretch my life. Lord, change, Lord God, what you wanna do in me that I would fulfill the purpose and the destiny that you have for my life. Amazing stories of love, isn't it? But you know, the last one is the greatest and that is the love of God that is expressed here. It's an amazing thing. When you think about what love really centers on, what do we know about love? Yes, 1 Corinthians 13. I'll even read the scriptures to us as a great reminder to us of of what the Bible says love is really all about. 1 Corinthians 13 says in verse 4 and following, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's what love is. And the amazing thing that the scripture does is it unveils for us what love is really all about. And then it takes it a whole nother level because it not only defines what love looks like among us, but it takes us to a higher place where we understand the very origin of love. Here's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4. Listen to these amazing words. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Look at verse verse 5. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Love isn't something that God does. Love is his very core. It's his very essence. It's an amazing thing. All those things we just read, not easily angered, keeps no record. of. These are the things that God is teaching us about what love is all about. And the ultimate expression, the ultimate aspect of experiencing this is when you and I open our lives and don't stand on the outside of God's love, but we embrace God's love and we allow it to come in and change us from the inside out. Is there an amen somewhere here? How about in West Seattle today where God just comes in our life and we can stop and we can have the greatest amazing revelation 
wherever you are in the hurt, in the brokenness, in the disappointment, and and even just looking at yourself and being dissatisfied to know this, in the midst of it all, I am loved of God. I am not only mildly loved of God, I am deeply loved by God. So much so that he gave of himself. These next few scriptures in 1 John chapter 4 says this, and this, I love this, in verse 9, you might want to jot this down, 1 John 4, 9, it says this, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. What a passage. Wow, 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. This is how he revealed his love. He sent his one and only son that through him we might live. That's not just living life right here, right now. That is living life forever in the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? You talk about a love. God created you to be loved. He created you with this special ability to know him, to experience him, to feel his touch upon your life, to lead you, to guide you, to lift you, to walk with you and to talk with you. There is something here in an experience and a relationship with God you can't find anywhere else in your life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, the thief comes. There's an enemy of our soul that comes. And he said to kill, to rob, and destroy. The devil is a, is a liar and a deceiver. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you would have it even more abundantly. Talk about a great blessing. Talk about an amazing revelation. If you and I can grab a hold of this, in the midst of whatever you're facing, the foundation of your life is this. You are loved so deeply by the God that made you. So much so that he would step into humanity on your behalf, that he would come out of heaven. He would, think about this, creator God. Everything that we know and we imagine has been created by him, created on purpose. It's amazing, isn't it? In the midst of all of this vast intricacy and creation, he has chosen to know you, to know your heart, to know your life, to know what's happening with you. He shares in your life the things that no one else knows, the things you don't even whisper to somebody else God knows in your heart. Things that you don't want other people maybe to even know about. God loves you through whatever is happening in your life. No greater love, no greater gift than to be known by God and to be loved by God. And when you open your heart in just simple faith to receive what he's done, that's when the miracle of God can burst into your life. And he can begin to just reveal to you what it is to just have a clean slate, a new beginning, and a God that's gonna walk with you and guide and lead, sustain you and empower you, and even live his dreams through you if you will just open your heart to him. I just wanna encourage you with everything I have today. Don't miss this amazing miracle of God. I mean, could there be any more tragic story than your life having missed the reason why you were created? To be in relationship with God, to close your heart, to allow people and culture 
to drive a wedge between you and eternity? Wow, who would do that? Why miss this amazing gift that is so great, so powerful, it is eternal, and it's been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. We don't celebrate just a baby born in a manger. Today, we sang the song of the resurrection during our worship time, the song of the redeemed, because one day, Jesus came out of the tomb, and because of that resurrection power, we have access by his grace into forgiveness, life. Come on, somebody, are you with me today? The goodness of God, the miracle of God. West Seattle, it's right here today for you as well. Those of you online, wherever you're worshiping with us right now, there's a, there's a, a touch of the Holy Spirit upon your lives. And I wanna just, I wanna pray with you today. Just as Christmas Day, some of you are gonna have the joy of unwrapping, watching You know, what's funner than even unwrapping gifts yourself is watching your kids or your grandkids unwrap their gifts and watching a smile burst or laughter break out, just little bursts of joy. I want you to think about this. The gift that God offers you of salvation is something that's greater than just a burst of joy. It is a place of eternity taking hold in your heart. Think about that. The enemy comes to kill, to rob, and to destroy, Jesus said. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What did John say? This is how God showed his love among us. It's not hidden, it's revealed. This is how God has revealed his love among us. He sent his only son that through him we might live. Let it be etched on your heart today. Let it change you inside out. Don't miss this amazing miracle. Would you take a moment with me of faith? Would you just close your eyes with me? Would you just zero in personally? Take a a moment and look inside your own heart. And I gotta ask you this question. Are you right with God? Have you accepted this gift? Have you asked Christ to apply his sacrifice to you? Have you taken that step of faith? You know, a simple way of looking at it is that you've got to take the coupon in order for it to have a benefit. Isn't that right? You've got to take it and you have to apply it or there is no benefit. That's exactly in the grand scheme of life what the redemptive power of the sacrifice of Jesus means to you. You can miss it or you can receive it. You have to say, Lord, I want to come to faith. I want to apply to my life your sacrifice. I want to open my life to who you are. I don't want to miss your love. I don't want to miss who you are in my life. But God, I want to receive from you. If that's where you are today, I'd love to pray for you. Love to pray with you that you could just freely receive today. And so I'm going to invite you right now, if that's you, make that stand. Make it. No one else can make it for you. No one else can open this this package of God's grace for you. You've got to do it on your own. The Bible says to whoever would receive him, They have been given the right to be called the children of God. Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. So today, would you just lift that hand? I wanna pray with you today all over this sanctuary. Maybe it's the first time, maybe it's a recommitment. Whatever it is, it matters between you and your God. So let's take that bold step. I see a number of hands all the way in the back side to side today. How about you? Do you want to get in under this prayer? 
Just open your heart today. Just open wide your heart. Yes, thank you. Let's do it. Let's pray together right now. Just simple prayer, simple faith. Lord, here am I. What a great message from Pastor Steve. That's about all the time we have for today. But if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can visit us at eastridgetodayradio.com. And tune in next week for another installment of Eastridge Today.